Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. To operate in God's system, to operate in God's kingdom, step number one is you have to collect the seed. And the seed is the word of God. That's why we preach the word. So you need to collect the word. If you're believing God for healing, get God's word, what he says about healing. If you're believing God for finances, you collect God's word along the lines of finances. If, if there's turmoil in your life and you need peace, well, you know he's already given it, so you need to collect his word on peace. But then the second thing is you plant that seed in the soil of your heart, right? How do you do that? You do that by saying it, by saying the word. We, we speak the word of God to get it in our heart. And then we speak the word of God because it's in our heart. When God opens his word in your heart and you actually see it, when you actually live under the sound or the light of it, what happens, it, it's, it cultivates some things in you. It, it, it becomes alive. It changes the way you think. So, so we, we plant the seed. and then, But it's not enough just to plant it. Number, step number three is you want to water the seed, right? So this is kind of the preview. This is, I, I wasn't really planning on doing this, but um, this is for somebody or, I, I know it's for me, so I'm, I'm hearing it. Thank you, Father, right? But I know this might help you. Step number three is you got to water the word. How do you do that? You do that by meditating in it. You meditate in it. What does that mean? See, in every religion, meditation is always of the mind. You quiet your mind. Like if you're in a new age, they give you a mantra, which everybody has their own unique mantra. It's their word. It's really the name of a Hindu god. They don't realize that. And what they do is they say it over and over again in their mind, and then supernatural things will happen. Well, Satan loves an audience, yeah. right? We lived in a town in Fairfield, Iowa, where they have these two gold domes, and people who meditate in the TM movement and the New Age movement will go there twice a day and will say this over and over in their mind, and some of them lose their mind. Yeah. Some of them... Their mind's all messed up. They, they, they act like they've lost their mind. But, but literally, it's, it's meditating in your mind. But that's not, that's not meditation. That's a counterfeit. Christian meditation is of your spirit. And we meditate in the Word of God in our spirit. So what we do is we say it with our mouth. The word meditate means mutter. The, the gross example of it is a cow that chews its cud. It'll chew the food and swallow it and then bring it back up and chew it some more. That's nasty, but that's, that's literally what we do with God's word, right? We, we literally, it's, it's, it's always in our heart and it's always coming out of our mouth. This is how you water the seed. Could you imagine if you planted a plant, and you never watered it. It would die. It would, die it would not produce anything, right? It's the same way the Word of God is. You have to water it. So the reason why Christians are not experiencing miracles and the supernatural blessing of God in their life is they're not watering the Word. And we're buying into some of these polls that are taking, taken about how that you know, you only have to preach 15, 20 minutes because people can't handle that. Listen, I'm not here to minister to your brain today. You're going to do that. I'm here to, to speak and minister to your spirit. And your spirit, man, will communicate that to your brain. Right? But we meditate. We have to, number three, we got to water the word. So I say it over and over. Right? If I'm going through a battle and it seems like the battle's not going my way, I keep saying over and over, my Father always causes me to triumph. Whoever's born of God overcomes the world. And as I say that, see, at first when I'm saying that, I might understand that and heard that in my mind, but that's not what we're talking about. It's got to get down in my heart 
to where the Holy Spirit opens it in my heart and I actually see it. Because it's only the word that you see in your heart that will start to affect your life. It'll change the way you think. And see, then, when my spirit, man, when it goes off, the Holy Spirit opens the word in my heart, now my spirit man is learning and growing in this. And now my spirit man will communicate that to my mind. We call that the renewing of the mind. So, right? So, so we not only plant the seed, not only collect the seed, step number one, not only plant the seed, step number two, but we got to water the seed. Is that right? So as we keep going here, now we're going to read Matthew 6.33, and we're going to see something. What happens, it'll show you, it's step number four, the seed. Here's step number four. You do the first three steps, and the fourth step automatically happens. The seed of the word will grow, and it will manifest in your life. It will heal your body, right? It'll bring finances to you. The Word does all the work, all of it. Brother Hagen said this, the Word of God always works if you work it. Well, what did he mean by that? You collect it, right? You plant it in your heart and you water it. And the Word, if you'll do that, it'll always work. And here's the cool thing, as you do that, you get to know him, because he's the word. Amen. And as you get to know him, you get to know who you are. Hello. It's really cool. Thank so you. now we're ready to read Matthew 6, 33. You guys ready? Yes. Now you could go home, and, and that would change your life right there. So thank you for coming today. Please don't leave. If you left, I'd still preach. It's all good. And, you know, that's right. So, Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, this is, this is a master key on how to operate in the kingdom of God. You have to seek it first. Now, if you're a Christian, guess what? You're in the kingdom. So we better learn how to operate in the kingdom because you're in the kingdom. There's many Christians that are in the kingdom and they don't tithe, they don't give, they don't sow and they wonder why their life's not going anywhere or even worse, if they might have the education or they're gifted enough to where they make a pretty good living, they could live comfortably on the earth and then stand before Jesus in a very short period of time and go, oh shoot, I missed God's whole plan for my life. That's, right. That's even worse. I'd rather have a little mess down here so I could get it right. Make the adjustment. But, but if you try to increase in the kingdom without sowing, you can't. What's really funny is it's not only a kingdom principle, it's a spiritual law. So if you look at people that really even that don't know the Lord, I remember there was a gentleman uh, that came to our church and his, his father owned a bunch of car dealerships here in Omaha. And uh, so he was a brilliant businessman, and him and his sister and, and another brother kind of ran him. His dad was getting up in age. And I asked him one day, I said, so, so do you have like a top salesman? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, out of all of our dealerships, there's one guy. He's always the number one guy every month. And I go, really? And, and, and he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, this guy, he gives 10% of his income away. I go, really? I go, is he a Christian? He goes, no. He goes, he just knows that that's the reason why he's blessed. He goes, the guy will literally get his check and give the first 10% away to just charities. He, it's, it's amazing. Isn't that amazing? See, the enemy, the enemy will always, it's a principle, but you got to be careful with the enemy because he'll twist things just enough. But we who are Christians, we know the truth. So, so this is why we got to learn this stuff. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So how does that apply outside the realm of finances? So do you want to receive your healing? Then seek first the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Put him first. D does putting him first get him to do something for you? Nope. He's already done something for you. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean? He hasn't healed me yet. Oh, yeah, he has. 
2,000 years ago. Well, now wait a minute. He hasn't provided. I, I need money to pay. We need a new washer and dryer. Oh, no, no. It's already, he's already done that 2,000 years ago. There's not, there's not anything. Jesus didn't say. He didn't stretch out his hands and go, it's almost finished. No, he said it was finished. He could have said this. He's finished. Right? Isn't it good to know that he is finished in your life? Isn't it good to know as a child of God, Satan cannot steal, kill, and destroy from you anymore? And whatever he stole and killed or destroyed from you in the past, he's got to literally hand deliver it back to you and give it to you. That's Bible. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Wow. What is the kingdom of God? This is the spiritual realm where God's, he's operating. It's under his rulership. That's the world where all the promises of God are yes and amen. Not, well, sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no. Sometimes God will heal you, but sometimes that's just your cross to bear. People that say that never quote scripture to back it up because it's not scriptural because there's no scripture to that. We, we, I know we've heard this for about, we've heard this for over 300 years now and it messes with us, but it's not scriptural. I don't care who he is. I don't care if he's got a church of 50,000 people, right? I don't care if he was the Pope. Doesn't matter. If he doesn't, if it's not, it is written, guess what? It's not the word and it won't produce. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Wow. And look at this, his righteousness. What would that be? His way of making you righteous. How did you get righteous? Through simply faith. I believed that Jesus was made sin, and that he died, all of my sin was condemned. All the sin nature, the spiritual death that I was living in was condemned in his body. And now, because I believe that, and then I confess, Jesus, I confess, you're not only Lord of all, but you're my Lord now. I give you my life. He came into my physical body, came in, took the spirit man that was dead out, completely removed it, and then he put his, a brand new spirit in me, and then the Holy Spirit came to live and dwell in me for how long? Forever. Forever. Because I'm eternal. So now that happened. So now I seek first his kingdom. How do I seek first his kingdom? I have to live under the light of his word. I have to live under the sound of his word because this is how his kingdom operates. So I have to seek it first. And then all these things, all of these things will be added to me. Wow. See, here's the reality that Satan knows. If you don't seek first God's way of making you right, you will walk in guilt shame and condemnation which is to have no part in your life the bible says there is therefore now now that you're in christ no guilt no shame no condemnation there's no condemnation if you're in christ well what does it mean to be in christ well, Romans tells us if the Holy Spirit lives in your heart. Yes. So if, if Jesus is your Lord, you've invited him in. He's there forever. You're in Christ. So there's, no, there's to be no guilt. But if you don't seek first the kingdom, if you decide to look at other things and judge everything by what you're seeing in the natural, you'll buy a lie. And there will be guilt, shame, and condemnation that's really not ever to be there in your life. Isn't that interesting? So this is huge. So now jump over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. What are we talking about today? We still have not left our subject 
I'm talking about, actually, the title of this would be Living Under the Light of God's Word. It's, it's message five in the series, Jesus the Healer, which is what we're in. So in reality, we're, we're kind of going down a little rabbit trail that completely fits. So that's the way the Holy Spirit is always that way. So, so this is so important. Look at, look at what Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says. Hallelujah. It says, For to be carnally minded is death. Carnal, the word carnal is like fleshly. In other words, to think naturally can produce nothing but death. So if you're in financial trouble and you're going to sit down and try to figure out in the natural how to get out of it, guess what? It's going to produce nothing but death. Well, that, that does, I could just feel that when I said that. That makes no sense. You're like, going, wait a minute. No, no, no. That, I don't think that's right because we have to. No, seriously. It says it right here. To be carnally minded is death. See, we're going to find out thoughts are spiritual. Thoughts are spiritual. So to be carnally minded, to pay, to pay attention to carnal things will only produce death. It'll get you into a works mentality. You'll start trying to, okay, well, maybe I just need to get a second job. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. Or just something in your own flesh. You'll try to figure it out naturally. And that, that, that's never going to lead you into life. Because God, he knows your way out today. He knows your way out. And if you'll just trust him. Well, but to trust him, you got to know him. So to know him, you have to collect the seed. Then you have to plant the seed. Then you have to water the seed, right? And then the seed will do all the work. And you'll finish your course with joy. That's the way, that's the way it works. So, verse 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. That's zoe, the life of God, quality of life that he has, and peace. Do you want peace manifesting in your life? This is how you do it. See, this is what you do. You want peace in your life. You look, you look with your mind inside of your spirit for life and peace. Instead of looking with your mind on the outside to try to find life and peace, because they'll only find death. But the thing is, you won't know it's death. You might think it's life. But you're saying, well, what are you talking about the mind? Well, see, the mind is a control center. That's part of your soul. So you have to look with your mind into your spirit for life and peace. So if you want to find the life of God, if you want to find the peace of God, gosh, this is for somebody. This is, this is something you're going, to have to, you're going to have to ask the Lord to take you deeper in. You look with your mind inside of your heart, and that's where you'll find life and peace. That's good. Come on. Because to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's good. Preach it. Come on. So what does it mean to look in my spirit with my mind? I meditate in the Word of God day and night. In the Word of God day and night. So I, I'm saying it with my mouth. That's how I'm looking in my heart for life and peace. Because see, you, you could even look in your heart with your mind for joy. Because joy comes as a, the, the Bible says you'll have joy by the answer of your mouth. Joy doesn't, it's not a feeling that just comes. No, no, it comes as, as you respond to your situation. Because, see, here's the deal. The Word of God brings... See, you can't separate God from His Word. Do you know that, right? 
In the beginning, John 1, 1, was the Word. The Word was with God. That means literally face-to-face with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. It's Jesus. You can't separate God from His Word. When you speak the Word of God that's in your heart, when you speak it out of your mouth, it brings the person the power and the presence of Jesus on the scene right now. Right? So, the language of faith. What is the language of faith? God is the God that calls those things. Actually, can you throw up Romans, 8, or Romans 10, 17? Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Faith comes, in other words, by hearing God's word. That's how it comes. We have to live under the sight. Now, this word hearing, faith comes by hearing. It's a a Greek word. It doesn't mean to listen. It means to It means to give your full attention to something because you reverence and honor and respect it above all else in your life and you are ready to obey it. When a person goes, okay, God, I know you're my answer. I am ready. I have ears to hear, which means I'm putting your word first. I reverence, honor, and respect it above everything in my life and I'm willing to do whatever it says. Now you're going to hear God's word. If you're not in that position, you're only listening to it, which will only lead you, according to James, to be self-deceived. But if you'll hear it, faith comes by hearing. Okay, so keep, keep all that in mind. Just keep that in mind for one second. Let me go back here. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So now keep Romans 10, 17 on the shelf here for a second. Now go to Galatians 5, verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I hope this is helping you today. I know it's helping some people. Hallelujah. So it says this, this I say then, walk, look at this, walk in the spirit. Now if you notice, in the King James Version, it has spirit capitalized, so it would make you believe it's saying walk in the Holy Spirit. But really, this is talking about your spirit, it shouldn't be capitalized. In other words, if you live out of your spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. That's how you overcome every sin. Because see, let me say that correctly. This is how you walk out your redemption. Because sin's already the power of it's been broken off your life. The Bible says your spirit can't sin. This is when you walk out of your recreated human spirit, you can't sin. Because your spirit can't sin. So if you, if you walk out of your spirit, you won't, you'll never fulfill the lust of your flesh. Because you can't. Because you're living out of your spirit. For the flesh, verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. See, this is how we know this is not talking about the Holy Spirit. My flesh does not lust after my, the Holy Spirit, right? It, my, my flesh, it, it's not going to war against the Holy Spirit. There's no war there. But it will try to war against my spirit. How does it do that? Well, Romans chapter 7 tells us it tries to get my unrenewed mind to side with the sin nature in my flesh so that it takes my spirit man captive and it takes me down a road I don't want to go down. 
right? Well, I sure feel like I want to go down it. Well, no, that's your flesh. That's all that is. And it will always lead to death. You can't fulfill the flesh. There's no, have, there, there is no, have you ever noticed, you could literally play the coolest video game for, in, the, in, the, in the coolest environment in the world. You could go to the greatest secular concert in the world, experience all, you could experience all that the world has, and when it's over, it's over. You had a great time, but you could come into the presence of God and it never leaves you. And then you go into his presence again and it just adds to it. And pretty soon, it's literally glory to glory to glory because you're never out of it. And now you realize, oh my gosh, I'm always in his presence. I'm not looking, you know, I mean, the ocean, let me clarify since my kids live in Miami. The Pacific Ocean is like heaven to me. Right? Yeah, they will. Yeah. They, you know, it, it, I, I just love sitting on a beach with a notepad and my pen, listening to the word while I'm hearing the waves. And then I get in the word, say an hour, and then I take a break because I'm so stirred that I go in the ocean and I stand in the water and pray. And it's cool because it's California because nobody thinks you're weird if you talk to yourself. So you could just, you know, it's awesome. So it's great. And then you go back and you, I could do that from sunup to sundown. You know, that's heaven to me. But you know what? It's not really the ocean part that fulfills me. It's, it's him. It's always him. And it'll always be him. Why? Because he's irresistible. That's right. And nobody, I mean, I could tell you that, but you have to discover that. That's right. But he wants you to discover that. Yes. And we'll help you if you want that. Right. For the flesh cannot, or the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, these are contrary to one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Interesting. So you have to live out of your spirit and hear God's word. You have to stay in this place. See, the renewed mind, the renewed mind is not a mind that knows everything about the word. The renewed mind is a mind that knows to go look to the word first in everything that I face. But if you don't renew your mind, you won't look to the word first. You'll look to natural things first, and it'll take you down a wrong road, and the enemy will steal from you. So in reality, you want to be joyous, filled with joy, filled with peace. Just either look up, because he's your source, or look down in your spirit, because that's where it's right there. Come on. And the enemy will tell you, no, 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 no. Look at all your circumstances. Right. You're not happy. That's right. That's how he preaches. And you're just like, no, 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 no. In the midst of all these circumstances that might be a mess, mm -hmm. I'm completely happy. Because I understand that life and peace is in me. Oh, that's good, Pastor. What? Are you saying, Pastor, that that... I don't have to get it. I already got it. Yeah. And you don't need some special anointed individual to get it for you. See, in our society, we are trained, aren't we? We look, we look at celebrities. Man, we look at them and go, wow. You meet, you meet. You know, you meet this athlete, Michael Jordan, Julius Irving, I'm dating myself right now, Magic Johnson, Come on. and you actually, Walter Payton, and you get to know them, and you figure out, they're just people. That's right. They just can do phenomenal things with a ball. The whole world system, guess who's the author of it? Yeah. Satan. That's good. Preach. Is designing us to look to people and then we really then we become spiritually mature and we no longer look at Robert Downey Jr. That's right. That's right. 
we look at, we look at Brother Hagen. If I could only get to a Brother Hagen meeting and have him lay hands on me, I could be healed. Or, oh, Brother Copeland. Oh, oh if I, I'm, that's it. I'm driving to Chicago. I am going to Bill Winston's church because I'm telling you, if he would lay hands on me. We, threw through, we flew through Atlanta, right? Oh, man, I'm, I'm looking out the window. Where's Creflo's house? I wasn't doing that. It was at night. Could care less, right? But man, I'd love to sit down with him, but I'd never look to him. As a matter of fact, when I'm listening to a Bill Winston or a Brother Hagen or a Keith Moore or a Kenneth Copeland or a Creflo Dollar, I'm looking, I'm listening, I'm hearing their voice with my natural ear, but I'm hearing the Holy Spirit with my heart, and He's the one that, see, do you see that? But we get so, what am I talking about? Jesus is your healer. You don't have to look for a person. Oh man, if Pastor Tony, there's such a wonderful anointing on his life. You know what? You're right. I thank God every day for it. You know what I have to do with it? Nothing. It's all him. Everything's him. You think I would have came up with this? Do you notice how what I'm saying right now has weight to it? Do you know that's not because I'm a good teacher? It's because it's him. And, and I get better the more you look to him. The hungrier you are, the better I preach. I could stand up here and drool all over myself, trip, fall over, you know, or I just, I, you know, my hands sweat like crazy. I just tore a piece of my Bible out because I was holding my Bible too long. And it had some great notes in there. I got to save it because there's something on here. The foolishness of preaching, but you didn't know that was happening unless I would have told you. Why am I saying all this? It's all about him. So, so follow me as I follow him. Actually honor the gifts inside of me because you're not honoring me, you're honoring him. Dishonor the gifts inside of me, guess what? Not dishonoring me. You're dishonoring him. That'll, that's not good. Honor your brother and sister in the Lord. Because when I honor Laurel, when she honors me, we're actually honoring the Lord. Does that make sense? Yes. Because everything we are is from him. He is the source. What am I talking about? Jesus is your healer. The more that you live under the light or the sound of God's word, it has a progressive and cumulative, I think cumulative is the best word for it, it has a cumulative effect on your spirit man. The more I peer into revelation, the more I see. We are living in a church age right now and the body of Christ in America where we are listening to, there's a segment of us that are listening to a lot of this, but we're hearing very little because he's not first. And people go, no, no, he's first. No, no, no. There are born-again, spirit-filled, full of the word in their head people that are wrecking balls in their church. They're the ones that, I mean, give me a sinner. Would you rather have a group, would you rather have a church full of people who just were lost as a goose, or would you rather have a church full of perfect, word of faith people that don't do anything? Oh, man. They're looking at me going, why doesn't he wear a suit? Why isn't it, I mean, Keith Moore wears a double-breasted suit. Or he wears his 19 buttons up to here. And, you know, why don't they have a choir? And why, why are these chairs blue with gray instead of gray with blue? And 
And you know, why so much brown? You know, I'm tired of the brown too, but we'll get rid of it eventually, right? But you know, it's, we don't live that way. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's Jesus. You have everything you need in you right now to fulfill God's plan for your life. <laughs> that is not how you build a church in the natural. Great pastor, thank you, we don't need you, I'm out of here. No, sorry, he set it up. Where you, you know, to be equipped, you need the local church. Man, I, you know, I, I look at some of the anointing. I mean, if God ever wanted me to, to make me as dynamic as a Bill Winston, I, I would not argue with him, right? If, if that anointing on my life was ever like a Keith Moore, that would be great because Keith could come in here and go, if you don't have a Bible... And everybody's like, did you, did you sense the anointing on that? I mean, I sat in class with him. I'm sitting there. And he's saying, he could say two plus two is four. And I'm like, how many times can I take this note? Because this is revelation knowledge. And then if you were to talk to Keith Moore, he's like, yeah, man. I sure would love to walk in the anointing that Brother Hagen walked in. I mean, I, yeah. One time I was, at, I was in, in a service and it was crazy. Here's Brother Hagen. You know, a lot of, he's like this. And he kind of walks slow. I mean, we had super athletes, Rama grads that were in shape, that were walking like they're, dude, he's walking like that, not because of the anointing, it's, he's 70. And he doesn't walk, you know, he didn't walk like that when he was 30. It's okay. But he just walked over. And he just looked at us. And I'm just standing there, it's in this group, you know, there's several, I mean, there was thousands, but he just goes, I mean, I, you know, at the time, I'm like almost 300 pounds, right? I'm laying on top of some person. And, and everybody, there's people laying on me, and we're like, what just happened? Or like he'd come over, he'd just go, and he'd walk by you and, and just, and you're just like, wow. In our natural mind, we're like, Brother Hagen. No, that was Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. That was Jesus. Because, see, if you look to a person, what's going to eventually happen is you're going to look to a person. And that person's probably going to be you. If I would just pray more. If I could just overcome this thing in my life. If I, 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 I. And you'll never be enough and you'll never get to lay hold on anything even though it's all there because you're looking to yourself and the works mentality, it, it comes out of a sin consciousness. No, we've made it all about us. Even with good hearts. But I'm here to tell you, it's all about him. He's your healer. He's your provider. He's your pastor. He's your apostle. Oh, man, if we just had all five-fold ministry gifts operating in the church. I hear that. And I sit here and go, where two or more are gathered, he's here. We have them all. Yeah, but we haven't had one tongue and interpretation. How do you know? I had three of them during worship today. It was awesome. He's my apostle, yes, he is. right? He's, He's my prophet. He's my everything. Now, if he wants to use people, whew. A friend of mine was just telling me how that Kenneth Copeland invited him over to his house, spent 12 hours a day for two days with him, prophesying over him and, and receiving from him, and then they, they were just spent time. I'm thinking, wow. But you know what the cool thing about that was? See, if Jesus wasn't there, it would just be Kenneth and my friend. So what? But it was God. So let's talk about you. Do you have, you have God in you. You have access to him all the time. The Prince of Peace 
is, is where you are. So don't buy the lie that this thing in my life is never going to change. No, no, no. It has to because of who you are in him. Stop trying to become, right? Because you already are. What do I mean by that? Listen, we were lost and dead in our trespasses and sins. God came looking for us, and then he gave us his life. He gave us his word. So are you getting this? Can, can you take a little more? Let's go to, I'm going to give you more anyway. James chapter 1. I don't know why I asked those questions. James chapter 1, verse 22. Hallelujah. Realize that, I, I, that, that just came out of my spirit. The renewed mind is not the mind that knows everything about the word and can quote every scripture. It is the mind that looks to the word first. So if you're looking to the word for your answer, then thank God that you have a renewed mind. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And while you go to James, can you pull up Romans chapter 4, verse 17? Stay in James, but just look at Romans. Boy, we're just kind of flowing today. It says here, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Now God is talking about Abraham. He said to Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations before Abraham and Sarah ever had kids. God said, Abram, I have made you a father of many nations. Have made you before he ever had kids. Before him whom he believed, whom Abraham believed, even God, who is God? This is who God is. He quickens the dead. He brings dead things to life. Have you ever done stupid things and have killed some things in your life? Yes, I have. Right? We all have? Guess what? God can bring dead things to life. Is there anything in your body that is dying? We call that disease, infirmity, weakness. He brings dead things to life. And he calls those things which be not as though they were. What does that mean? He, he didn't say, now, now, now get this, calling those things which be not as though they are is not calling things that are as though they're not. So if you have sickness in your body, you don't walk around saying, I'm not sick. Because if you do that, you're calling those things that are as though they're not. What do you say? You call those things that are not as though they are. So instead of saying, I'm sick, I don't say that. I say, I'm healed. What? Well, how, how can you say you're healed if you have proof in your body that you're not healed. Well, that's what God says. So I wonder if what I'm thinking in my own limited ability to think, I wonder if I'm right or I wonder if God's right. Who is all-knowing. It's like the atheist. I don't believe in God. Okay. Do you think, do you know all knowledge? Well, no. Have you read every book? Have you read everything? No. Have you read 10%? Oh, no, there's no possible way. Well, do you think maybe that God could be maybe in that other 99% that you have never? This is how foolish an atheist is, right? Or an agnostic. Here's a big one. I don't want anything to do with God. I'm going to live for myself. It sounds good. It sounds, you feel like you are, but nobody's living for themselves. You're either 
living in Christ or the enemy's pulling all your strings? Right? So God calls those things which be not as though they are. So if he said, by the stripes of Jesus, 1 Peter 2.24, I was healed. If Matthew 8.17 says, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain when on the cross, right, that's Isaiah 53, that's Matthew 8.17, looking back to the cross in Isaiah, looking to that prophecy. If that's true, then Jesus has already bore the sickness and disease that you might have in your body right now. So could it be that you look to the Word of God and you collect what God's Word says on it? Come on. Psalm 107.20. You sent your Word and healed them. Sent Jesus and He brought healing. When was, when was I healed of the condition that now is in my body illegally 2,000 years ago? When, when, when did I prosper? Yeah, but pastor, I, I don't have the money to pay my bills. Okay, but when did you prosper? 2,000 years ago. In Isaiah, it says the chastisement of his peace was upon him. The chastisement, the restraint of his peace, that word literally means prosperity, was upon Jesus. The thing that was restraining prosperity from coming to you was put on Jesus 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Jesus. So now, with an empty checkbook, you could lift up your hands and call those things which be not as though they are and you, you lift up your hands or you put all the bills in your hand and you don't call those things which be not as though they are. You don't say, I don't have bills. No, you say, I call you paid in the name of Jesus. For it is written, the chastisement, the restraint, what kept prosperity from me was put on Jesus. And I've been redeemed according, it is written in Galatians chapter 3, from the curse of poverty and lack. And the blessing of Abraham is mine. And it brings a full and abundant supply in my life. There's an anointing there. I, I see, I'm not, if I want to know if I'm healed, I don't look at my body. I got to look at the report, not the preliminary report. The MRI, the CT scan, what the doctor's saying. Those are great. Thank God for them. That's right. Right? It locates. I can see it. Great. That means it's subject to change. But, and, and I'm going to the doctor and he's going to give me another report. It's still a preliminary report. You'll know when you get the final report because we already have it. It's literally Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, 1, who has believed my report, God says? And to whom will the arm, the manifest power and presence of God be revealed? To the ones that believe the report. So I look at my body and I can call those things which be not as though they are. I call my body healed. I don't walk around saying I'm not sick. If somebody comes up to me and says, well, how are you feeling? I look at them and smile and go, you know what? Why don't we change the subject? Because I, right now I don't want to talk about how I'm feeling, but I'll tell you how I believe. I believe I'm healed. Instead of, well, I'm not sick. As, you, as your head looks like it's going to explode, you got snot, you're coughing, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. Don't, don't call you, don't say I'm not sick. No, say you're healed. Do you see that? What is that? That's the language of faith. Hold fast, Hebrews 10 says, to the profession of your faith without wavering, for he's faithful that promised. What do you mean by that? Jesus right now literally is watching over his word to perform it. 
It's already a settled fact and it's a done deal. The word is done. I mean, look at the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is just walking. And all of a sudden, this lady touches him in faith and power goes out of him. She literally took her healing from him. And he's like, wait, who touched me? And then the Holy Spirit, word of knowledge, it was a female. So he's, he's looking for who, the, the woman that touched him. So he knew it was a woman. So finally she's like, oh shoot, he's going to figure this out. So then she comes and tells him all the truth. Faith calls those things which be not as though they are. So I'm going to close with one thing. James chapter 1 here. Hallelujah. Verse 22. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Now in the King James, it literally says glass, but it's the Greek word for mirror. You've seen me bring this out before, right? Honey, I'm borrowing your mirror. So, <laughs> so this, this is, if any be... If any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. Right? Go, go to verse 24. Good preaching, Pastor. Hopefully the sun doesn't come through there and blind somebody here. <laughs> it says, for he beholds himself, he beholds himself, this, this is what, this word here is different than in Romans 10, 17. This word here literally means listen. So a person who's listening to the word but doesn't do it is like a person looking at himself in the mirror and then he puts the mirror down and he does what? And goes his way. He's going to go his own way and he right away forgets what manner of man that he was. What do you mean was? when he was looking in the mirror. Because when you look in the mirror, so, so here's the magic mirror. You want to see what your spirit looks like? Here's your mirror. If you look here, literally, you won't forget who you are. Go to verse 25. But whoso looketh, now this Greek word looketh is interesting. It means to look and keep on looking into the perfect law of liberty or the word of God and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, he'll be blessed in his deed or in his doing. So in other words, here's, this is a natural mirror. Here is the mirror. Right? Does this make sense? So if you're going to be a doer of the word, if you're going to live under the light or the sound of the word of God, here's the game. If you never want to forget what manner of man you were, then keep looking. Does this make sense? Because if you ever look away from the mirror, you'll go your way, the way that you think you should go in the natural, and you'll forget who you are. In other words, it'll, here it's all about Jesus. Here it's all about me. I sure hope it works out. Here I have it. I, I believe I receive. I have it now. Here, boy, I sure hope it happens. Here is faith. Here is fear. Here is life and peace. Here's death. To live this is a big part in receiving and walking in your healing, in receiving all the blessings of God. The biggest part is you gotta never, so I better keep this in my pocket so I don't lose it. You never stop looking at the word. I want to encourage you today, I would encourage you to go home today and sit down with some paper and look at your life and your schedule. Figure out how that you can maybe get up a little earlier or you can somehow incorporate into your morning. Now, you won't have to figure this out. The Holy Spirit will help you if you want to do this. 
you want to figure out how that you can spend time with the Lord. Now, I'm not talking quantity, I mean quality. God can do, get more over to you in two minutes when he's first than you spending an hour. But if you can see, most believers don't start the day right. I got to get up early because I got to work out and then I got to go get my Starbucks and then I go right to work. Great, but why don't you get up just a little earlier? Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. I, I can't get up that, go to bed a little early. Well, I, uh, okay, so now we see the problem. You want to go your way. Let, let me tell you this. Let, let, me, let me tell you this. Every, in every case, your flesh will not like this. But it will, it will literally change everything about your life. Start your day right. Somewhere in the middle of the day, get alone with God. I don't care if it's just a few minutes. Get, and, and maybe you can't read the word, but you just, you literally get some scriptures that you're believing God with and speak them over your life. And then at the end of your day, towards the evening, spend time with him schedule three times a day. Do that for the next 30 days and I'll guarantee you'll never stop doing it again. It'll change your life. You'll start growing spiritually. You'll start knowing who you are and all of a sudden things will start working for you. Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your provider. He is the author of your life. The Bible says this, be continually strengthened in the strength of God. You're like a power tool. Don't ever unplug yourself. Yeah, but we don't do that anymore. We're battery operated. Okay, he's the battery. Don't disengage the battery. Does that make sense? He's your power source. Stop trying to figure it out on your own. I pray that this would be life to you. I'd like to tell you that there's another way. But he has to be first. And he'll meet you right where you are and you don't have to worry because you think, oh my gosh, he knows I'm not putting him first. Yeah, he knows it. But he wasn't moved when you were spiritually dead. He still came looking for you. He won't be moved now. Just invite him in. Holy Spirit, help me. See, what he'll do is he'll start, he'll start telling you about himself. Because once you get to know him, you'll trust him. You'll put everything into him. He'll never let you down. The Bible says, and I'll leave you with this. His his mercies are new every morning. And great is his faithfulness. He's faithful. Never leave you, never forsake you. Loves you. See, he really knows you. He knows how incredible you are. You know why? Because he created you. He knows the path that he has for your life. He knows it. And he'll help you. I'm living proof of that. Not a finished work. A work in progress. But I got to tell you, I seek him first. And when I jump over in my flesh, I slap myself and I jump back. Right? But he helps me. And he'll help you. You're so close. The enemy will make you feel you're so far away, but you're so close. To be honest with you, you're there. Amen. And ready to forgive. Wow. Plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. That's who God is. Don't buy this nonsense of what people are saying about God. That he's sitting in heaven healing some and not others. No, God passionately wants healing to spread throughout his church. He wants everybody on the planet saved. Jesus paid for it all. He wants everybody healed.
He's good to all. His tender mercies are over all of his works. He's plenteous in mercy to everyone who would call on him. Know that today. I don't care how long you've been believing God. You might find maybe you're kind of believing God and then wavering in this. Forget all that. Forgetting, forgetting those things that are behind, lay hold of it and not let it go because he's good. How do you not let it go? Let me say it correctly. Lay hold of him and don't let him go. That's how you prosper. That's how your body get amends. Let every man be a liar, but let God's word be true. Amen?